Hey guys, and welcome to episode 112, oh my goodness, of the Wildly Aligned Marketing Podcast. Today, we're going to dig deep into all things pricing, money mindset, cash flow, lots of good stuff. The goal here today is to get you out of undercharging and undervaluing what you do. So my guest today is Yinka Ewaela. She is a coach, strategist, and founder of Kala Success Systems. Yinka works with women to focus on systems and ensure that the habits, environments, and processes in their lives and businesses support their deepest hopes, wildest dreams, and enable them to define success on their own terms so that they can build exciting, inspiring journeys to get there. Listen in today as we talk about the number one reason why businesses fail and how to avoid being in that large percentage of businesses that go under. The difference between how men and women operate in business, confronting scarcity, fear, and avoidance of money-making actions, why you should never, ever, ever charge your worth, more on that later, and why charging premium is the kindest thing that you can do for your clients, right? It's not just about you. It, there is actually a very strong correlation with your client's transformation. So this is a really good conversation, you guys. Get ready, cozy up, get comfy, grab your notes. Let's dive in. Welcome to Wildly Aligned Marketing. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Blenkush. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and very quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you own your voice and consistently find and attract the right clients online so you can grow a wildly successful business doing what you love. All right, friend, grab your coffee and notebook and let's dive into today's episode. All right. Well, hello, Yinka. I am so excited to have you with me today. Hi, Natalie. It's so awesome to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So before we jump into everything that you're going to share, I would love to give you a chance to just introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Awesome. So uh, my name is Yinka Ewala. I am a coach, uh, consultant and strategist. And my mission um, is supporting women in business. um, And I help them to build thriving and profitable businesses while living full, fabulous and nourishing lives uh, so that they never feel like they need to make the false choice between their health and their wealth or their money and their life. And I do what I do by focusing on the thing that will move the needle in whichever area I'm focused on. So uh, a lot of my work in in the business space is focused on cash flow and uh, in the personal space is focused on mindset and energy and uh, getting stuff done. Yeah. I love your mission so much, like kind of that anchor of bringing it all back to what moves the needle forward. I have definitely experienced getting sidetracked in business. I think about the first year for sure. um, But even the first several years where I look back and I'm like, man, I just, I did so much stuff, but it wasn't actually the stuff to generate income and move my business forward. Um, So I'd love to like expand on that more. What are some (laughs) like 
first of all, how did you um, get started focusing on that? Because I'm sure there was some personal learning curve involved in that that helped you like figure it out for yourself and then specialize. Um, what did that look <laughs> like it- for you? Was it there, Jess? Um, so first of all, what I will say before, just before I answer your question is uh, what you describe in terms of your own experience is the experience of most businesses. And, mm-hmm. and part of the reason for that is that in general, business education is actually quite poor. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody will come out and tell you that their magic widget um the Brad and Chads of the online world will come <laughs> along and tell you that it's their special program and their special method that, that you need to uh, get to seven figures in seven days. And so people are left um, to discern and to wonder what, you know, what it is that they need in order to uh, build their businesses. And, and I will say certainly for us here in the UK where I'm based, even the government's training on business is so far, such a far cry from what is actually required to run a business. And we, we see that to be true from the stats that 80% of businesses fail in their first five years. So mm-hmm. part of the reason why I do what I do is because um, I learned the hard way. Uh, truly through the blood sweat and tears um, capital of learning this particular uh, focus and the and the fact that cash flow is such an essential part of business Um, so the story began my my story and journey into business uh, began when I uh, joined my mum's business to help her um, because she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she needed to take time to focus on her her fight for her life and trying to fight on two fronts fighting to build a business fighting to build a fight for your life it it wasn't a fight that she had enough capacity to deal with and I was seeing her leaving chemotherapy to go and service client needs and I was like this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. this is not acceptable to me Mm -hmm. so I left I was in an investment banking career at the time but I left that career to step into her business to support her and very quickly learned that you know you can have a whole lot of things going on in your business you can have assets and clients and a fabulous website and lots of employees and brilliant um ergonomic seats in your office and all of those fast fantastic and brilliant logos and fantastic uh stationery and business cards but if you have no cash you have no business Mm -hmm. and we were almost we were almost closed um on on a single occasion for that fact but it was that fact that we came so close to uh the end because of that particular incident that made me realize a that cash is the only thing that a lack of cash is the only thing that can involuntarily stop your business and so every business owner that wants to create a sustainable business has to first solve the cash flow conundrum and so that became my mission in that business supporting my mum I will say just because whenever I tell the story, people wonder. My mom did so well in her cancer fight. She uh, survived. She kicked cancer's butt and went climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro to celebrate 10 years free of cancer. So I know that that even in spite of the harrowing challenge and the tears and the worry of that time, that was 100% the right decision. Um, But also it gave me an education unlike any other because it enabled me to see how important it is to build 
a business holistically and to build a business that works for you, not just the other way around. Mm, Yeah. And I would imagine that that experience with your mom was a big um, part or learning experience for you in terms of why you approach business that way. Like it's, it's not okay for us to run businesses and chase after things at the expense of health or quality of life. And, and I love that you um, have that holistic approach because that's something that it's like, you can't, um, you can't untangle these things. Like one area bleeds into the other and they just all relate. And um, I think I would imagine that a lot of new business owners, because this, this is my experience, don't really fully understand that. It's very like compartmentalized, like, well, I need this thing. And it's like, okay, but actually the mess in your house or the, you know, like there's, there's so many other things, the stress in your life is bleeding into and actually stopping you. And so really it's not a strategy. It's you need to take care of this other stuff or whatever. Um, One of my my favorite mantras is taking care of you is taking care of business. Yeah. And I genuinely, uh, when I spell wealth, it is spelled W-E-L-L-T-H because if you are not well, Mm. there is no wealth to be had. Like health is the, an ultimate component. You can't have wealth without health. And Mm. so you have to be well. And so, yes, you're absolutely right. And not that I'm going to blame Brad and Chad for everything, but what I will say is their hustle culture is incredibly damaging in general, but is even more damaging for women because we don't show up in the world the way that they, a lot of them will tell you about their magic formula. What they don't tell you is that they are also beneficiaries of the wife at home effect. We often are the wives at home. We don't have a wife at home because we are the wives at home. So, and you know, we are the ones who have to remember the birthday cards and have to remember the birthdays and call the in-laws and do all of the other things. So it's really important that we recognize that there is a massive difference between how we show up in the world. And so when I was learning how to uh, help my mom with her business and finding so much training and knowledge out there designed by men for men, it just was not it wasn't a fit for us and 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 we did the stuff but the results were results did vary and that was not what they promised yeah it's so funny I was literally having this same conversation talking about men versus women and just like the hustle culture and the the two very different ways of building a business um just had this conversation this morning and it's something that you know, I, I think it's, it's very interesting to me to see like throughout the years and just the more that I learn about that and become aware. Um, and I think about, um, one book that really opened my eyes to this whole thing was, um, called do less by Kate Northrup. I don't know if you've heard of it, but that like, just the fact that I would say one of the things that stuck out to me the most about that book was just realizing that, okay, women, like we go through these different, um, you know, ebbs and flows of energy with our cycle. So it's like over a month versus men go through that cycle in 24 hours. And that just in itself blew my mind because I'm like, that explains so much why men can just kind of go (laughs) ahead. And it's like just totally different styles of doing stuff. Um, But what I, what I will add there though, Natalie, is that the men are not doing any better out of that hustle culture either. 
Mm, you know yeah. the the 80% of businesses that are dying within the first five years it's not like it's skewed towards women's businesses that mm-hmm. the, the men's businesses are in there as well right and 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 we know um you know statistically the the highest killer of of men um you know I believe it's 18 to 45 is suicide mm-hmm. so men are not doing at well out of hustle culture either mm-hmm. but it's even more damaging for us and this is this is part of the thing, you know, in in my in my contrarian nature, I'm I'm often uh, zigging when everyone else is zagging, and so everybody is looking at those that made it and getting that confirmation bias. Oh, if they can make it, anyone can make it. And actually, what I'm looking at is is the vast majority who are not making it, but also that their lives are, are miserable as a result of even attempting to do it that way. Mm. We have to do it better, and that and that's where you cannot exclude wellness from wealth Mm, yeah well and I I really love that you said that like everyone can get focused on like like the overnight success stories like people love to hear those right like we eat it up because it's like the rags to riches (laughs) of like I was a broke single mom on food stamps and now I'm making seven figures in my sleep you know seven bazillion (laughs) uh, all in seven minutes (laughs) right exactly so it's like there's there's something in us that we just we gravitate towards toward those, but I love that you addressed on like the confirmation bias of focusing on those stories. And here you are focusing on like, well, wait a minute, let's look at this large majority of businesses that are failing and what's going on there, because that is going to be a lot more, um, beneficial to look at those things versus, you know, the, the small percentage that have these crazy stories. What we are not told is that, if you think of the most famous business builder, coach, I'm not going to mention any names. I don't want to get you in any libel or, <laughs> or anything like that. But think of the most famous person. You know, we're probably all thinking of the same person or at least that person will be in the top five. These top coaches, seven figure, eight figure coaches, their results, those, um, you know, case study stories, their, their um, transformation rates, are less than 3%, mm. less than 3% of wow. the people that they are exactly. When I heard that statistic, it blew my little mind because I was like, wow, you know, and don't get me wrong. Obviously, these people are dealing in thousands of people. So absolutely, three, even the 3%, you know, some, um, you know, I recently saw, you know, uh, like the world's biggest challenge had over a million people in it. So 3% is going to be a lot of people. But you know what is up? Even more people, the 97% that, that doesn't make it to case study level. Yeah. And I'm like, and so what, where I, and, you know, I definitely credit my parents as immigrants to the UK. You know, they taught us really early that a rising tide lifts all the ships. Mm. And so my focus is about how do I raise the tide I'm not expecting everyone to be an overnight success um you know a a bajillionaire or any of that like I I have those ambitions trust me you 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 will be hard-pressed to find someone uh, more ambitious than I am and yet my ambition comes from making everyone's life a little better you'd be amazed how far we get that, that, you know, whether it's marginal gains and 1% better a day, you know, um, atomic ha- um, habit style, yeah. or as I said, that rising tide that lifts all the ships. There's a real power in, in improving things across the board. And from a business perspective, that's like, that is a cash flow focus. 
and actually it's blowing people's minds because people would rather focus on anything else except cash flow. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a question that's been going in, in the back of my mind. So I'm glad you said that. Cause that, that leads me to this question, which is why do you think that is like, I would imagine every woman listening right now is like, yes, I want more cash flow, but it's like, why is that then that this is the thing that on the surface we're like, yes, I want more money in my business, but then it's kind of the last thing that we actually want to look at and pay attention to. Because it is one of our relationship with money is, is reflective of our relationship with ourselves. And, and it's incredibly confronting to have to deal with the money story, the things that our parents taught us, the, the socialization, the contortion of biblical verses and all of the things that goes into making money scary, um, uh, challenging and problematic. You know, going, uh, I cannot tell you how many attacks I get on social media from people telling me that, that loving money is going to be my undoing. Uh, I mean, you're, you're making a big dramatic assumption that I love money at all, but mm -hmm. let's even say that I did. The idea that it would be my undoing uh, means that you don't know anything about me at all. I am, you know, I'm a woman of faith and I genuinely believe that I have amazing impact to make in this world. And so, and I know that that impact is amplified with money. Mm -hmm. Money is simply the opportunity to amplify the desires of the holder. That's it. In from a, from a business perspective, and you know, I, I talking to the women in my uh, cash flow program, I, I I say this to them all the time: cash is the market marking your marketing, telling you that what you have is of value or not. That's all. It doesn't make you a good person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't twist things, taint things. It, you are giving money so much power that it, it or in and of itself does not have. And yet we it is an incredible money is the best servant, the best, the best soldier in your army against poverty. And so the idea that, um, you know, we are going to be able to attract it and master it without actually focusing on it. Like I said before, it, it's people are selling that as an opportunity, but it is it's a false promise. Um, and so the, one of the reasons why we don't want to look at cash and we don't want to look at money is because we then have to confront our beliefs. We have to confront our pains. We have to confront uh, the, 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 the lies that we have partnered with that has caused us to believe whatever it has, whatever we're believing, which means that we feel like we're experiencing a lack of money. There isn't a lack of money in the world. So if you're experiencing a lack of money, that is on the, based on the beliefs that you have and the actions that you have taken in line with those beliefs. And so, and I, I you know, I know that, that that will trigger many. Of course it will. I, and, I, and I say that um, not uh, unaware of the fact that I'm incredibly privileged to live where I live and do what I do and know what I know. But I'm also fully aware that for every person who is listening to me now and saying, oh, well, it's easy for you to say, I will also say to let them know that there was someone who sat in the position that they were in with the challenges that they have, with more challenges than they have. And they took the decision to believe something different and created a different result. That I do know. And so it, it really isn't on me or for me to you know confront or there is no judgment here 
but I, I'm a genuine believer. And as a result of that, I believe we're made in the image of, of one who is infinite and incredible. And, and we have that exact same capability. So let's go, bro. <laughs> let's go get, make some money, create some, so create some magic um, and transform the world for the better. Because right now the world is very challenged. And this is what the world looks like when people who don't care about it that much have the majority of the money. So I'm very much interested to know what it will look like when people who care a whole lot more about a whole lot more people have the money and spend it accordingly. And so I'm, I'm more than merely interested. I'm committed to making it happen. Oh, I love that so much. And you, you hit on something really big there when you talked about, you know, why so many don't want to look at money when you talked about that word value. I think that just, that is something that, um, I think can get so tangled up, especially I think about the women who it's like, you're a solo entrepreneur. You have a personal brand. You are the face of your business. You are selling coaching. Like there's so many pieces and you know, you're pouring your heart into your content. Like there's so many pieces of you that are in your business where I can see how it's something that gets tangled up so easily because there's like, here's your value. Here's the value of your service just because the value of your service is not being communicated in a way where you're making sales does not mean that you are not valuable as a coach, as a person, uh, you know? And that's but, the thing. Yeah. Chad, and, Chad and Brad adjacents are, are coming out, telling you to, you know, increase your prices and charge your worth. Charge your worth is the most damaging piece of advice that is ever given mm -hmm. because you are priceless like truly priceless how on earth are you ever going to equate the magic of your personhood in the form of money that isn't the purpose of money that's not what cash is about you cannot charge your worth because you are not for sale you are as a coach you as a an expert a teacher a trainer you have an offer that creates a transformation. That is what is for sale. Never, ever you. And so as a result of that, you, you have people saying, well, you know, I clearly have self-esteem issues. And I'm not saying you don't. And I'm not saying you don't need to deal with that. And as I said, as a coach, that's something I'd see quite. But, but the idea that you are mapping your worth to your services, to your pricing is so, so false. And, and, and like I said, that is a commonly accepted piece of wisdom. I say, it, you know, the first time I said you can't charge your worth, I literally, my DMs uh, <laughs> on, blew up and people were like, what? It, like real visceral attacks on why was I saying this? And this is stupid. And I will say at the other end of the spectrum that I have had uh, some real powerful conversations with people who were formerly sex workers. And they said that even we don't charge our worth because even we were not for sale. We were not, even when we were selling, selling our bodies, that we, when our personhood was never for sale, we were selling an illusion. We were selling a fantasy. We we're selling escapism. That's why we don't ask about the chores and, you know, what's going on. And so, and so it, it boggles my brain that even, even, people in society who are told are selling themselves 
they have it clear that they're not selling themselves and yet we are in in the business space are constantly told that we're selling ourselves and as a result of that that causes us to behave in a way that makes us want to protect ourselves we won't make offers because we're scared of rejection we won't go out and sell because we don't want to feel like we are you know doing things that are against our values or tainting things with money and and like I said the convolution and the confusion that's been created by these ideas has been incredibly damaging and so yeah I'm I'm definitely out here <laughs> probably not saying a lot of what everyone else is saying so <laughs> well I, I I'm 100% with you though I remember being on a coaching call this was the first um the first year of my business and I remember hearing someone talking about charging your worth and speaking up in the call and being like I don't agree <laughs> like <laughs> And kind of being met with like a a weird reaction, but I was like, that, that just doesn't sit well with me. Um, So I'm absolutely with you on that. Um, And, and so I want to ask you one kind of last question that I would love to talk about this value piece and pricing piece um, or value in terms of pricing your services. (laughs) So for the woman who's maybe a little triggered by like what we're talking about with this value piece and realizing like, Oh, this kind of hits, hits, uh, where it hurts. And this is something that I need to look into. What would you say is a good place for her to get started with just digging into, you know, like I money mindset is a big topic and I've, I've had past, um, podcast episodes where we've talked about money mindset, but I know it's a really big thing, but what would be like one, like tangible, like exercise or question or something, um, that you would give a woman in that place to just kind of get started digging into that? That's a really excellent question. One of the things that I like to get my clients to do is to really recognize the value of the life that she lived. And and when I say the value of the life that she's lived, so I will ask her to document all of her achievements, all of her qualifications, all of her experiences, all the places she's traveled, all the delicious, amazing meals that have inspired her, all the movies she's watched. Um, And just to really gather a sense of the fullness of everything that she brings to the table when she goes to create an offer. As I've said before, it is your offer that is on offer, not you. Um, and but but again, your offer, and, and again, I'm very specific about this. Your offer is not your product. There are many times that I have made an offer, I have sold an offer before a product existed. And so, really understanding that you are bringing all of that to the table. I, for example, some of the zany things I bring to my spaces, I, I um, at school, I was a classically trained music- musician. So I play the flute uh, and I um, was also a chorister. So I um, soprano vocal range. Um, and so when I when people are speaking to me, I think, you know, people talk a lot about work life balance. And one of the things that I am quoted a lot as saying is I don't believe in work-life balance. Balance is a numerical um, equation and it calls for rigidity. And what I talk about is work-life harmony because you can create a harmony out of so many different instruments, out of louds and softs, out of gaps and, and notes, and it enables everything. For me, that feels much more expansive. 
So when um, so if somebody was listening to this, I would ask uh, them to really go through all of those experiences, achievements, and then I would ask them to then um, go back and, and remind themselves of, of what it cost them to go through those things. Because it's very easy to say, oh, you know, I, um, you know, I did a degree. How much did it cost you to go to college? How much did it, you know, and yes, you paid the university for a specific course. What about room and board? What about every one of those meals? What about, and then all of a sudden, when you realize what you are putting into your offer, it's very hard for you to begin to undercharge when you see all of the things that went into you being able to create that transformation in the first place. And so I get that it's triggering. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. The, the version of me that you're listening to now is, is hard earned. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. A lot of blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears. But it's also a, you know, the, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. And so I am constantly ensuring that I remain aware of different ways and spaces that I can slip back into these old ways of thinking. But it is just to remind you that you have, you have a song that only you can sing. You were literally put here to sing a song that is unique to you. And so the idea now that A, that you would try and change that song to sound like someone else's, not the vibe, <laughs> B, that you would not sing that song because you're worried about you know what will people think of me and all the things that we tell ourselves worried about rejection it's not the vibe your job is to be you is to be you to take all of those experiences and and that this is the thing when people think about money and and cash they think about the the numbers the pounds the pence the dollars the cents all of those things it's so much more than that the, the, the value piece is so much more than that. But I really encourage you to take some time to look at everything that has gone into the life that you now have and your ability to create the value that you do. It's a great foundation for beginning to understand just how valuable the transformation that you bring to the table is. And then so if you're in a position where you are not seeing the, the prices that you want for the value that you bring, you don't change the offer, you change the audience. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a great question. And I love how you're approaching it again, thinking about the big picture, because you know, you, you are just like speaking my language, talking about, <laughs> you know, how like we have all these pieces of our life that have perfectly equipped us to do what we're doing in our business right now. And, and more importantly, the combination of all the, like the culmination of all the things in our life, um, that is such a unique combination and no one else has that same thing. And I would say the, the, one of the big drivers for me with this podcast and with my business and my message as a whole is, you know, I, I just so often am reminded of how I felt coming into business, feeling like, I'm not special enough. Like I don't have this, um, you know, I, I just, I would get stuck in comparison a lot. And so I would look at other people and how they were showing up and felt like I didn't measure up to that, or I felt like I needed to be more this or less of that. And, um, you know, that that's why now I do what I do. And I, I do really, um, 
you know, the coaching work that I do centers a lot around pulling the message out of my clients and just like the uniqueness. And that's something that um, is always very cool for me to see. So I love that that is where you encourage women to start is thinking about like, look at all the things that went into, um, you know, the experience that you have in the, the life and the place that you're in right now, especially because, you know, you mentioned a degree, right. And like all that we spend for a degree and, I know a lot of women listening, I'm thinking about clients and myself included, like what I'm doing now is not what I have my degree in. And so I think so many times that's the, that's the cases where it's like, well, I don't even have a degree, but it's like, how much time did it take you and trial and error and, you know, nights of tears or trying different things to figure out the system or the framework or the process that you use now, like that all counts. So all that and being how, said, and how much I'm going to say, how much would you pay if someone would have given you the chance to not have to go through that? So, oh, yeah, you yes. might not have my degree absolutely isn't in what I'm doing now, but it taught me a way of thinking. It gave me confidence, it, things that were priceless. Like many people don't use their, you know, I, I don't use heteroscedasticity modeling that I learned as, as an economist. Yeah. But I, you know, it's given me 10 other things that are incredibly valuable. So there's always, and that's the thing, the most valuable resource we have is time, mm-hmm. truly time. And yeah. so, so long as you're spending time, so long as time is passing, it's becoming more valuable. What have you been doing with the time? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to add to what you just said, our time is valuable and our client's time is valuable. And I almost feel like a lot of times um, when that message is shared, talking about like time is our most valuable resource. I feel like the message or the emphasis of that message is placed on like us as the business owner, which is very much true, right? Like our time is our most valuable resource, but even thinking about like, again, I'm thinking about women like life coaches, health coaches, women who aren't working with other business owners to where it's like, well, how do I place a value on this thing that it's not like, you know, my coaching is going to get them clients or get them sales in their business or, or something like that. Going back to that piece that you just said, but it saves them time. And if they can shortcut the struggle and it only takes them, you know, X amount of months rather than 10 years or however long it took you to figure stuff out, like that is huge. And that's something that, um, that is really powerful to communicate. Um, so going into that then, so let's jump into pricing a little bit. Um, and I would love to just, uh, turn it over to you in terms of maybe, a common mistake that you see with, with pricing and I, I know your approach. And so I'd love for you to just share your <laughs> thoughts on pricing and then we can kind of go deeper from there. Okay. Um, so the first thing I will say about pricing is that um, a common mistake is not understanding that your price is sending a message. Always. Your price is always sending a message. And so I meet women all the time. And one of my most common stated phrases in my life is, this is the last time you're going to charge that price. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, like it's a very, um, yes, I'm very definitive about that for a number of reasons. Um, but the, the one thing I see so commonly is how 
poorly women value the offers they have and as a result of that they they underprice on the guise of I want to help more people and I literally have to explain over and over again that nobody wins with a low price something that is underpriced and I, I will distinguish between underpriced and low price underpriced means that if you continue to sell at that rate every time someone is buying your product you are effectively paying them to do so because it is not sustaining your business so you are but you are essentially every sale you make is killing your business and so the idea that we are underpricing oh to make it more affordable is the oh I nearly said a bad word there (laughs) it's the worst um it's the worst advice and and so I feel really strongly that um a to not understand that your price is sending a message b to underprice your products uh invites it attracts the wrong attention it 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 attracts the wrong commitment it attracts the wrong perception it creates the wrong frame and then to top it all off then you are paying someone to use your services so you're so you you're essentially killing your business so now your business is a zombie business but because you've got cash in your hand you're like okay cool everything is great and and so it is nobody wins the client doesn't win you don't win the people that you love don't win the market doesn't win nobody wins with underpricing so I would say the most common mistake is to not understand the damage that that most low pricing does because it is underpriced And that right there is just like a, like a, a truth bomb. It's just, <laughs> I, it's something that I think a lot of women don't really even think about or maybe fully comprehend. There seems to be so much focus on um, the opposite side of, and it, that seems to be the rationale too, right? Is like you said, they want to make their service more affordable or more accessible. And so they're, like worst case scenario, I don't like, want to be out of reach, but then it's like, but it, it backfires. It and- absolutely backfires. Yeah. So sorry to, to speak. Over You're good. You. I just, my brain is, is like blown every time I hear that. Why not charge abundantly? And then your services don't need to be affordable if they don't need, want to be affordable because you can offer them for free. Mm-hmm. This idea of, of, of um, charging for the lowest common denominator is insane it, it really is insane but but more importantly char- pri- pricing something underpricing something doesn't give the the required understanding of the value that you're offering if someone charged you ten thousand dollars for something you would feel differently than than if the same thing was charged to you at a hundred dollars and, and as a re- and, but the thing is that what we've come to discover is price sends a message in in um, studies um, that you know wine studies where where participants were told that these wines were expensive and and those wines are cheaper. Every single participant rated the wine the, the more expensive wine as better quality, even though in reality those wines were exactly the same product. The price had caused their taste buds to perceive a difference where there was none. 
So your price is already sending a message. Is, is it sending the message you want? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I even think about like non-business examples where, you know, I've got my really nice sandals that I paid a hundred something dollars for. And then my cheap knockoff sandals, like you bet I value my expensive sandals way more. And that's something that I happily pay for. They're my favorite shoes ever. I've got multiple pairs and, you know, it's, it's a, that saying of we pay for what we value like it's a, it's almost like a chicken or the egg type of thing where it's like, we pay for what we value and we value what we pay for. And it just, <laughs> you know, it like really it just does yeah. people who I've, I've been in situations, you know, my, some of my courses, four figure courses. Um, and I've given those same courses to people for free, you know, mm-hmm. scholarship offers and the commitment is different. Mm-hmm. And that was, and that was me, you know, helping someone out someone who was like I'm desperate to do this and you know the person who paid the full price they were like I'm gonna have to really figure this out in order to get and I'm like yeah but but look you a you will figure it out and b you will do the work Mm -hmm. and so I'm not suggesting for a second that you shouldn't give things for free I give things for free every day I, I think it's really important that we but we also have to recognize that a lot of people have the same value challenges and, and the same challenges with the ability to value things as everybody else. So if you can't, if you've created something, you are literally the creator of the thing. And if you can't value it properly, how are you going to expect someone else to do so? You are the person that has to set the tone of the value for the offers that you're putting into the world. And that that's a job that is yours. It's not on anybody else. Uh, I have offered things in the, to the market as you know and I've had introductory pricing and people have not been able to drag it out of my hands quickly enough because even though it was a low price I told them it was an introductory offer I told them that the price was going up and I told them that to be honest you are lucky to get it at this price and you won't ever get it again they are aware that the value is higher than the price that they are being charged and as a result of that they are grateful and they treat it as though they paid that higher price Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't don't invite. You do not want to invite that perception of your product into your into your space. Serving at that level is is counterproductive for both you and the client. Yeah, yeah. I love that you mentioned the introductory price thing too, because that's something that I I encourage a lot of my clients to do, and that's something that I'm a fan of as well. It's like if there's something that's new, like go ahead and offer that, but make it clear, like, this is a really great price. This is going to change. Jump on it now. Like it just, you know, it, and it shows how much, like you said, um, other people can't value it unless you value it. And so that is a huge thing right there. Um, I would love for you to speak to the woman who is listening to this and realizing like, oh snap, I really need to raise my prices. I have been thinking about it and feeling like it, but now I'm feeling convicted, but she's maybe feeling some of that confirmation bias, which is what I go back to where you talk about, like, you know, when you're in that place of, um, you are underpricing your service and you are attracting people who are attracted to that low price and they're still not buying because, you know, like there's, there's other objections there. Um, and so because that's what you're attracting, you're seeing the confirmation bias of, well, 
my audience just doesn't pay premium, you know, um, like that's what they are seeing because that's what they're putting out there and what they're attracting. And so it's hard for them to get over that hurdle. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I know it, I see it. I worry. Mm-hmm. It, I see that worry often. And what I will say is that there is a price for every customer. Mm-hmm. There are elements of action that you need to take but I'm also a believer in you have to do all that you can do but you can do no more and so it's really important that you are able to set the tone of speaking to the people for your new price point recognizing the value you have to bring to them and I I will tell you um, you know completely stridently um October for example brought a new price point for one of my programs and I sold the program on the Friday and the price point obviously October October started on Saturday mm-hmm. so the the very next sales call I had was Tuesday and the price point that I then sold it for again was double what I sold it for on Friday mm-hmm. and I was happy to sell it at that price on Friday and I was happy to sell it at twice the price on, on the following Tuesday. And both women feel that they got an incredible deal. Mm-hmm. And both women feel that they, it was incredible value. And it is. And if I choose to double the price again, it will also be incredible value. But it is, it is in me. It's not in them. It's, you know, and anytime someone says something is expensive, I'm very quick to help them, to help to disabuse them of that notion expensive is where price exceeds value I've never sold an expensive thing in my life your inability to afford something however yes I totally respect that I may I may quote a price that you cannot afford but that does not make it expensive it just means that it is out of your uh, affordability reach at the moment and I get it and I respect it and we can talk payment plans but suffice to say that don't confuse expensive with with um with affordability and so the idea that if you need to raise your prices then feel into and and this is the other thing people want a formula oh um do I raise it but I literally just told you like last week the pound was being trounced by the dollar the pound was being trounced by everything and so people were worried skittish you know I called in uh transatlantic clients I said ladies in the US and I mean ladies in like ladies pretty much anywhere not in the UK this is the cheapest you will ever be able to work with me so help us God because the 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 exchange rate is working in your favor right now like so many women stepped in last week because they were like yep (laughs) and I'm like (laughs) and like October brings new pricing Now, the great thing in in that regard is that there is always an opportunity, but you you have to be the person who, and and, and like I said, some some of what I charge is, yes, you know, how would I feel? So for example, in a group situation, I ask myself, okay, so let me, if I assume I only got one client and I was going to produce and give my very, very best for that one client, what is the price point that will help me to serve and show up in my highest with a single participant? Yes, I'm setting the intention for group. Yes, I want more people to come in. But if one person comes in, I'm going to give them my best. What is the price point that will help me to do that? 
And more often than not, that's the price I will chuck. And so it isn't, yes, there are pricing formulas over, you know, I could give you formulas and values and da, da, da. But I genuinely believe it's really important that we are aligned to our own pricing. Mm-hmm. That we, we, we choose numbers that we can say. And therein lies the point. Because if you can't say the numbers that your prices should be at, then that's where you need to go deal with that mindset piece. Mm-hmm. And but the challenge is you can't deal with mindset in isolation because mindset has to look like something. Right. And the best evidence of an upgraded mindset is improved actions. And that's where most of the mindset experiences that I have interacted with have fallen short in terms of helping people to get actual transformations. That 3% is blowing my mind. But the reason why it, it's blowing my mind is because they told you how to sort out the mindset, but the mindset is is only evidenced by action. They didn't tell you how to improve your actions. Mm-hmm. And therein lies the, the beauty of, of the work that I'm doing because the women who are coming into my space, it, as you said, it's a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So we tackle that mindset. Then we look at your skills and then we look at your actions. And mm-hmm. that it is that trifecta that will improve your results. Yeah, yeah. Would you have any advice in terms of helping women kind of find that pricing sweet spot for like thinking about where they're at right now? Um, because you said like, yes, there's formulas. Yes, we can get into that. But it, it comes back to finding the price that we're confident in sharing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like there's a spectrum or what, what's your guidance around that? Honestly, I, I asked myself my question. I asked myself the question, what would I charge if I had no fear? If I mm-hmm. had no fear and I was going to serve, I was going to say my pants off, but that's not quite the right expression. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> I was going to serve and deliver the, my best work to one single soul. What do I charge for this? Hmm. That's really and, a great question. And like I said, if if the num if I look at that number and I know and again, this is where I, I I um you know people might call it woo or you know whatever spiritual whatever, but we know we're given an intuition for a reason. Mm-hmm. And and what I will say is our intuition is taintable. That's the reason why we have these money mindset issues and we charge these silly prices. But if I look at the price that I just said and then I look at that and I'm like, no, that's that isn't what my unfearful heart, that's not the number that my unfearful heart is telling me, then I know I've got mindset gap, mindset gap. Mm-hmm. And I know that I, I there is a piece of work I have to do to be able to say, but I, I do genuinely trust and, and I work on building the trust that I have for my intuition. No one else is coming to price my product. How can they? And, and and don't get me wrong, you know, my my offers are, you know, and this is where it, it becomes really powerful because my my offers are unique to me with in, in the things in my space. I offer things in my space that no one else has ever heard of. I and I know they never heard of it because I literally made it up off the top of my head. <laughs> and therein lies the point. If you come into my spaces. I am part of um, my experiences, my knowledge, my skills, my quirks and crazy, my weird. That's all part of what is what goes into the experience. 
And so it, it's this is where we have the pleasure and the privilege of being business owners, of being entrepreneurs, of solving problems for a profit. But only if we allow it to be a pleasure and a privilege. And that starts with a focus on cash flow and abundant pricing. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I, I love what you said about um, identifying that gap. Like when you know, because I'm sure even when women hear, heard you ask that question, like, what would you charge if there was no fear? Like you were fully in faith and you were like, this is the, the price I would charge. A number is going to pop into your mind. And then the gap in between that and where you are now, it's like, that's where you need to do the work, you know, like figuring out how can you get to that, that price point. Um, and I'm right there with you with, you know, continually looking at, um, in all areas of business and life, how can I trust my intuition more? Right. And, and for me, it really is, it's trusting God and trusting myself. Like both of those things are just so closely intertwined. Um, because I, I personally feel like that is how often God speaks to me is those gut feelings. And so it's like, if I have that feeling of, I need to charge this price and that's the number that keeps coming to mind, I can trust, you know, like I can trust that. And I do trust that. So Thank you for sharing that. Um, is there like, okay, so we talked about a lot in this conversation. If there was one thing that you wanted the women to, uh, women listening to remember from this conversation, what would that one thing be? It would be no cash flow, no business, uh, lumpy cash flow, anxiety inducing business, consistent cash flow. Now you're in business. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Consistent cash flow is where it's at, honestly. And and so many women are having anxiety-inducing experiences of running a business, and it is because their cash flow is lumpy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like that I'm I'm a believer in that John 1010 promise. And so that applies to my business as well. And what brings that abundant life apart from abundant pricing is consistent cash flow and consistent cash flow is when you really get to be in business because now there isn't a problem that you can't solve that cash makes it easier to do so and that's it the purpose of money isn't money the purpose of money is the solutions you get to finance rather than constantly negotiating with the problems Mm, yeah yeah so good. So good. I love, I love that you said lumpy cash flow. <laughs> I just, I just really got a kick out of that. Um, well, thank you so much, Yinka, for your time and, and all the goodness that you shared today. Um, I, I know for a fact that there was so many breakthroughs for women listening to this conversation. If they want to connect with you, where can they find you online? Um, best platforms to come find me. LinkedIn is where I'm at. I post content on there every day. Um, at least four, if not five days a week, it will have hashtag cash flow in it because I'm, I'm constantly talking about cash flow. But you can also connect with me. I have presences on Facebook um, and then I'll, I've got an Insta and TikTok. I've got a TikTok. I, I, need, to use, I need to use my TikTok. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, LinkedIn is number one. Facebook would be number two. And then Insta, I'm on Twitter um, and, and TikTok would be third, fourth and fifth respectively. Okay. 
Awesome. Well, I will, I will link those in the show notes so you guys can click on over and connect with Yinka um, and find her over there and say hi and just let her know that you found her through this podcast. That would be really fun. Um, well, thank you again. They Yinka. should. And what yes. I will say, apology, is that yeah. if they do and they come and tell me uh, that they found me through um, your show and, um, and if they go on to, you know, take up any of my products, um, I will give them a uh, podcast discount. Uh, especially for sharing that they came through you. Ooh, I love that (laughs) special listener discount. Yes. You guys definitely take her up on that. Shoot her a message and, um, and, and, start a conversation with her. She's absolutely wonderful. You're going to love her. Um, Well, thank you again for your time and all of the goodness that you shared in this conversation today. Uh, You're so welcome. Thank you for having me once again. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening today. If you love this podcast episode, there's two things I want to invite you to do right now. Number one, head on over to Instagram and send me a DM at natalie.blankush. I would love to hear any questions that came up and takeaways that you had from this episode. And number two, if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review. It means the world to me because I love hearing what you're learning and how the show has impacted you, but it also creates an even bigger ripple effect by helping other women discover this podcast. All right, that's it for today. I will talk to you on the next episode.